Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Amzinger of MLB Network is standing by. Of course, Greg is a product of Lindenwood University and is a native of St. Louis. He's a big Cardinal fan and has a very compelling and thought-provoking show on MLB Network. Greg, good morning. Great to have you with us. And I was compelled and thought-provoked last night when you and Harold and Dan Plesak were talking about who should start the All-Star game. And I am on Team Harold and Greg here. Thank you. I, I, I was initially on Team Dan, and if people don't know what we're talking about, Dan believes it is an accolade that you take with you to Cooperstown to start an all-star game, and Sandy Alcantara deserves that accolade. And I think he's right. He has been the best pitcher, in my opinion, in the National League. Harold thinks this is a really long three-hour commercial for Major League Baseball. We want to draw fans to the game, and his take is it's in L.A., Clayton Kershaw, the sub-3 ERA, granted he's only made 10 starts, should start this game because he was robbed of starting a Midsummer Classic in 2013 from Matt Harvey, uh, who got that in New York. He believes Kershaw should start the All-Star game because it's in L.A. against Shohei Otani, who could end up doing it anyway. His last four starts have been amazing. So I initially went with Dan because this is stuff that's on plaques in, in the Hall of Fame, but I'm with Harold now. The game doesn't matter. We're trying to grow the game. And could you imagine the first at-bat of the game, Clayton Kershaw in L.A., Dodger Stadium, facing the opposing pitcher who's leading off the game, Shohei Otani. I was swayed by that idea, and I'm with Harold on this one. Yeah, I'm with you, Greg. That sounds awesome. And the more exposure that America can get to Shohei Otani, the better. This guy is ridiculous. We just talked the last segment about how awful it is that more people in the country aren't watching him. Hasn't allowed an earned run over his last 28 and two-thirds innings pitch. Incredible. He's got the best stuff in baseball with Jacob DeGrom, not in the big leagues. It's on 101 miles an hour, painting on the black. He's got the best split finger we've seen in forever. All of his pitches, he was throwing frisbee sliders last night, a breaking ball that buckled the knees of Abigail Garcia. He is the best baseball player in the world. That is not an overstatement. I I tend to go over the top on certain points, but this is not one of them. He is the best baseball player on the planet. He has 10 stolen bases. And all this talk of you know, Aaron Judge has got 29 homers to 30 homers now after what he did last night. Uh, you know, he's still the front runner for MVP. It's a great MVP conversation. But if I told you, you know, Shohei Otani is 12 home runs and 11 RBIs behind Aaron Judge, that's considerable, right? It's considerable. But if, if I told that player that that is you know, 11 home runs or 12 home runs, and 11 RBIs behind a player, that if you wanted to catch that player to be the MVP, just pitch like Garrett Cole. If you could, if you could go to the mound and pitch like Garrett Cole, uh, that would probably 
catch the guy that you're 12 home runs and 11 RBIs behind. That is what he's doing. He's better than Garrett Cole. He's better than the ace of the best team in baseball. That is how ridiculously talented he is. He's going to steal over 20 bags. He's going to hit over 30 home runs. He's going to have an OPS around 850. And he's the best pitcher in the American League right now. We're never going to see this again. I, I make my poor 12-year-old son London. Every time he's pitching, I text him. I'm like, are you watching? Are you watching? Like, you you, you got to watch because you're never going to see this again if you don't appreciate it. Don't take greatness for granted. I reminded myself that when Michael Jordan came back from retirement. Every Jordan game that was on that I could watch, I made sure I watched it. And I'm glad I did. Otani is the same thing right now for baseball. Is there another unicorn on the horizon in the Pirates shortstop O'Neill Cruz? I love him. I love him. I mean, I, I threw the comparison because I like the little nuances of the game that aren't the obvious. Everybody loves home runs. The guys throw 100 miles an hour. Uh, so Otani's great. I totally get that. But when you see O'Neill Cruz throw a baseball, and, and I know you guys as, as baseball nuts like I am will agree, it, the comparison that I made was Sean Dunstan. Sean Dunstan, the former Cubs shortstop, former number one overall pick, had the greatest throwing arm I've ever seen from a shortstop. He would crow hop till he was about eight feet away from poor Mark Rips and throw 110 miles an hour in the dirt. And somehow Mark Rips, who I hope was wearing a cup, would dig that out of the dirt at Wrigley Field. It was amazing to watch. O'Neill Cruz doesn't need to crow hop to do that. He's throwing 98 miles an hour off his back foot in the hole as a shortstop. He's six foot seven. He flies. He runs like the wind. He hasn't even developed his bat yet, and he's going to. We're looking at a 30-homer, 40-stolen base, potential gold-glove shortstop, and this is what we've needed for the Pittsburgh Pirates. To, to, to have that, that, that shiny star that gives us a reason to want to watch, I thought Key Brian Hayes would be that. Key Brian Hayes is a really good player. He's going to win gold gloves at third base, but he's never going to be a power bat. He's a better version of his dad. That's cool. I mean, Charlie Hayes is a really good player. Uh, he's a good player. Brian Reynolds is a good player in center field. I still think he gets traded to a team that needs a center fielder, a.k.a. the Phillies. But they needed their crown jewel, and I think a six foot seven shortstop who can run, has a cannon for an all, smiles and loves to play. Anytime baseball can add a video game-esque player, what I mean by that is my, my son loves playing and they'll be the show. And when I see these players that he creates, like he, he creates the hair and he creates, you know, a six-foot-seven chiseled body, the waist, and, you know, these, a hundred speed and a hundred power and a hundred arm. I'm like, London, that, this doesn't exist in the game. But now it does. We've got Fernando Tatis Jr. And now we got we got Odeo Cruz. This is good for baseball. When we've got superheroes playing baseball, that's good for the sport. Hey, Greg, you reminded me of one of the great Whitey Herzog lines, and there are a lot of them. But 40 years ago in the 1982 draft, you mentioned Sean Dunstan was the number one pick by the Cubs. Dwight Gooden went number five to the Mets, and Whitey used to say that the Cubs considered taking Gooden first overall, but they decided to go with the guy with the better arm. (laughs) (laughs) Who, by the way... Who, by the way, is one of the sweetest people you will ever meet. And Randy, I know you know Sean. Yep. I've had numerous guys tell me of all the teammates I've ever had, Sean Dunstan was their favorite teammate. My my best teammate, Sean Dunstan. I hear that constantly. He was so good, but because he was such a humble guy, I don't know if he knew how good he was. And, and sometimes when you're the guy, 
you got to know you're that good. I'm getting ready for the draft, which I'm going to host uh, just Sunday night before the All-Star game in, in Los Angeles. I'm scouring and I'm, I'm getting a chance to talk to a lot of these kids. The kid Drew Jones knows he's good. He's going to go number one. The Orioles are going to take him. He's Andrew Jones' son. The bloodline thing mattered. I think that is that is the pixie dust. That's the difference. You know, Sean Dustin didn't have a dad who was a first round pick or is a, a fringy Hall of Famer. When you have that that father, the bloodlines that connect you to the game, you, you kind of know you belong, and, and that's why the Vladdy Juniors are destined for, for stardom. Jack Leiter will probably end up having more wins than the 168 wins he had Al Leiter had. They're just, they know they belong. Sean, Sean Dunstan didn't know how great he was. And I think that's the difference maker. Drew Jones knows, and that's why he'll probably be number one. Greg, we've had an overwhelmingly positive interview with you today, so let's pivot and talk about the St. Louis Cardinals, who lost last night 3 nothing to the Braves. They've dropped six of their last seven. They clearly need some starting pitching help. I know you've thought about this. Who would you like the Cardinals to go out there and acquire? Well, I mean, Frankie Montas until he went on the shelf, and that was such a, a silly move by the Oakland A's. What are you waiting for? If this guy's healthy and he's dominating the New York Yankees, trade him right after the game. Like, right when he's done with his post-game interview, trade him. <laughs> what are you waiting for? I mean, pitching is such a fickle thing. Uh, these guys get injured all the time. There are arms that are out there. I think Luis Castillo just vaults to the number one spot, but he's got so many teams in after him. The Reds cannot mess that up. They literally cannot mess that up. There's a pitcher for the Colorado Rockies that I've had my eye on, Chad Cool. He's missing barrels, and if you're pitching in Colorado – and you got a sub-4 ERA, and you look confident on the mound, and half your games are at Coors Field, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Take him out of there and see what he can do. You won't have to pay the hefty price. Uh, they're going to have to go get an arm. And tonight's start, I think, is a big one for uh, Matthew Libertor. I think this young guy needs to come out in Atlanta and show that he belongs in the rotation. They're going to watch his innings anyway towards the end in September, so you're going to have to get an arm uh, because of that. But I want him to be a significant part of this team. He's got the talent to do it. His herky-jerky mechanics make him an uncomfortable at-bat, and I think he could become a real big weapon for the Cardinals down the line. They're going to get an arm, uh, but they're going to be shopping for the same pitchers everyone seems to be shopping for right now. The one thing I will say to this, guys, and I know – you know, Ali Marmel had this conversation with him, and, and I know we're all really smart Cardinal baseball fans, but Michelle, be honest. Were you cool with Albert Pools dragging his bat back to the dugout to Nolan Gorman, who hasn't hit yet that, that, that night, and Pools has got two hits. He's feeling himself a little bit. I get it. The numbers say bring Gorman to the plate there. Were we okay with that? Are we okay with that? Don't you think being one of the four greatest right-handed hitters in the history of the game gives you the green light when you have two hits already that maybe, maybe he's the exception to the analytical matchup rule. And I know they had to talk with him before, but if he's two for three, you let Albert Pujols hit in that situation. Am I the only one in the room that thinks this way? Uh, Greg, I, I respectfully disagree with you. I, I look at what Albert has done against right-handers this year and he he's hitting 135 with a 502 OPS against right-handers. He just yeah. can't hit against right-handed pitching anymore. And so I would have I, I would have brought Gorman up too. I, I want Albert Pools to be the fillet to right field, the the fillet to right field. They slider him to death, Randy. And I understand 135 batting average is terrible, but when he's got two hits, 
He feels like he's contributing again. He's getting his mojo back. I I don't want Nolan Gorman up there with his A-hack for three straight at-bats who rolls over and hits a ground ball to end the inning. I want a guy that just wants to get a hit. I want a guy who, you know, 2003 all over again with the bases loaded facing a nasty closer who throws a slider away and he's not taking his A-hack and he hits a little floater over the first baseman's head down the line. That was what Albert Pools can do. And I get it, the numbers and the matchups that came for everyone else. If you're going to have Albert Pools on your roster, then you've got to sometimes, when he's got two hits, when he's got two hits, let the Hall of Famer, who's a different breed than everyone else that's in your dugout, he's a Hall of Famer, let him go against the matchup and let him go to the plate. I was very upset by that. I kept it to myself, didn't say it on the air, but I'm saying it now. <laughs> All right. Hey, Greg, I want to get a, a take from you as well, because you watch every team, and this is not necessarily an excuse. I get, guess in part it is, but it is a fact that the Cardinals opening day lineup included Yadier Molina and Paul DeYoung and Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill. And for the last month, half of those guys have not been in the lineup month or more. How many teams in Major League Baseball that you watch every night could lose half of their starting eight and keep it going for a month or more? I mean, the one thing that comes to mind, the Tampa Bay Rays, mm-hmm. the Rays have just been completely depleted. Their arms are just gone. Uh, the, their bullpen has been completely revamped from guys that they already have in the farm system. And they've lost so many significant bats along the way. Wander Franco, their best player, hasn't played a ton of games at all. Uh, but they're keeping it afloat because they've just got the mag- that magic pixie dust in, in St. Petersburg, Florida. It has been a significant drop. I mean, Paul DeYoung gave them nothing. No. They gave them, them nothing. But but as I say that, did anyone expect Brendan Donovan to have an on-base percentage over 400 and essentially be one of the best utility guys in all of baseball? I don't know if anybody saw that coming. I think the biggest uh, two, two guys are really missing, Yadier Molina, uh, is is no longer what he used to be. And eventually, you can't expect someone to, to, to be in the squad 130 times around the age of 40. I think he would even tell you he showed up this year and he wasn't in his best shape. We, we've seen Yachty in sick shape. He wasn't in his best shape. He knew this was the swan song. Now he's on the shelf. And I don't know what you're going to get from him. But it's really the IQ of Yachty or Molina that you're missing. The instincts of Yadier Molina that you're missing, that stuff makes a major impact. In the inverse, people are wondering what happened to the New York Yankees. Why are the Yankees so much better? Gary Sanchez isn't putting the fingers down, people. I mean, he never had a feel for that. He never had a feel for that. They shipped him off to Minnesota. He DHs a lot. He also catches a lot. But, but Rocco Baldelli has, has forcefully managed what goes on behind the plate as the manager of the Twins, taking that out of Gary Sanchez's hands. So they've got guys that have an instinct. Higashioka has been terrific. Trevino has been terrific. Not having Yachty's instincts behind the plate, significant impact. But to me, the biggest impact, Tyler O'Neill was their best player last year. He was their best mm-hmm. all-around player. And he's been, on a scale of 1 to 10, they've gotten a 2 out of him. If you're being kind, they get a two out of him. So when you're missing your best player, the fact that they're four games over, this has been a grueling road trip. The Braves are a machine right now, like the Astros. I, they got five this second half. You'll see this team really start to surge. They got to get O'Neill healthy, and they got to get got to get Yadier Molina sitting down much more 
with the catching that they got in house, and, and Kisner needs to really start reading the Yachty Bible and yep. trying to incorporate some of that feel because that to me is what they're missing the most. Finally, Greg, we would be remiss if we didn't ask you how you're hitting the golf ball these days. You know, I, I went to the Homestead Resort Fourth of July weekend. Google this thing. It's in Hot Springs, Virginia. Um, I mean, George Washington stayed there. Ronald Reagan stayed there. I mean, Ronald Reagan had some of the greatest hair of all times. So Greg Amsinger needed to stay there. So they had two amazing golf courses, the Cascades, which Sam Snead developed, one of the greatest golfers of all time. You want to watch a YouTube video of a great golfer putting? Watch Sam Snead putt. It was the corniest, weirdest thing you've ever seen in your life. But they also had another course called the Old Course. And I shot in the 80s all weekend. I played I played pretty well. Randy, I'm ready for you. The last time I played, I wasn't. But the next time we hook up and play golf, you better you better forget your wallet in the car. That's all I'm saying, Randy. That's all I'm saying. Big boy, my last two rounds have been in the 80s, too, so I think we're going to be competitive. Ah, we should televise this. We're going to Valley Sports. <laughs> Pay-per-view. Where's the, the match. Where's Alexa, where's Alexa Dat? She'll call it. She'll call it. My former colleague at MLB Network. Uh, you know what? Alexa Dat will be calling it. Dan McLaughlin will be walking with a headset right behind us, whispering while we're playing. Oh, that's and, what I'm, I'm dreaming. And Michelle's going to be the Charles Barkley. <laughs> yeah, our swings are the same. <laughs> we got a show. We got a show. I think we can make this happen. You're the best. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Take care, guys. We'll see you later. That is the great Greg Amzinger from MLB Network. A lot of fun stuff always with Greg. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.